0: what is good everybody welcome back to another episode of the kevo bands hoops podcast man back at it again today Tuesday, April 6th, man. I hope all you guys are doing well out there today, man. Hopefully all you guys are staying safe as we continue to navigate throughout this coronavirus pandemic, man. Hopefully all you guys are just feeling good conquering this week. If you had a slow day, I hope you have an even better day tomorrow. If you're not feeling too well, I hope you feel better as this week progresses, man. Just keep grinding, keep doing your thing, keep chasing your goals and your dreams, keep pushing and just don't stop, man. Don't listen to the negativity, don't listen to the BS, don't listen to all the people trying to sidetrack you. Focus on the things that are important in life, man. Your time is short, and more importantly, your time is precious, so don't waste it on pointless things that won't matter in five minutes, let alone five hours, so just keep pushing, keep doing the right things, man, and everything is gonna work out for you at the end of the day, and of course, We are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for George Floyd. And we are gonna continue to demand justice for anybody that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings. It will stop sooner rather than later, man. Of course, again, We are still dealing with the pandemic, so please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. Please wear a mask anytime you're out in a large group, crowd, or gathering, or in a public area or public space. And of course, the most important part that I cannot say enough on this podcast: if you have any type of sunlight or sunshine wherever you are at on the globe. Please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays, AKA sunlight, on your skin because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list. So, last night, the college basketball season, the 2021, or excuse me, the 2020 2021 college basketball season wrapped up last night in a very Non-surprising, but kind of surprising fashion because we had the two best teams all season long. Baylor take on Gonzaga, excuse me, and the Bears absolutely, no pun intended, put the pause on Gonzaga. They won by a final score of 86 to 70. Now, getting into the box score real quickly for Gonzaga... The only player who really played good for them was Jalen Suggs. He had 22 points. And for Baylor, you had Jared Butler have 22 points, 7 assists, and 3 rebounds. Macy Oteague had 19 points. Davion Mitchell had 15 points, 5 assists, and 6 rebounds. And then Adam Flagler had 13 points. Man, so this was probably the most anticipated matchup of the entire season. Again, both these teams, everybody knew that these were the top two teams in the country, and that every other team was a tier below these guys. There was nobody even close to Gonzaga and Baylor this entire season. And yes, you know, for the most part, Gonzaga was undefeated until last night. Baylor had two losses, but they were both right after they just had gotten off their COVID pause. So you can count them as losses, but were they really losses? Yeah, but at the same time, they weren't really because it's hard to get back into the thick of things when your program just goes on pause completely in the middle of their season. But nonetheless, though, as the game was starting, literally when the refs were putting up the jump ball to get the game started and tipped off in Indianapolis last night, I could just sense that Baylor looked like the better team. Like, they just clearly looked like the better team. And that's exactly what happened. They had the better athletes. And honestly, like, Gonzaga just looked completely lost. They had 14 turnovers last night. But my thing was, Baylor's guard play play was better than Gonzaga's guard play. That's really what it came down to. And of course, you know, Jalen Suggs had two early fouls that was really costly for the Zags. But what it is, when you're facing this Baylor team, you have to understand, it's just like when I mentioned Jim Boeheim's 2-3 zone at Syracuse. Baylor's defense is kind of similar in that aspect where you have to get accustomed to playing against that. Yeah, you can mimic that in practices. You can try to bring some life to it and try and have your team run it, but until you're actually on the court and playing against it, it's a difficult thing to run into. And so Baylor's defense, man, I cannot rave enough about what Scott Drew and his coaching staff have done with Baylor's defense. They have so many different aspects of their defense. They have active hands, active feet. They communicate well. They move with the ball, not when the ball is moving. They move with the ball. They don't move when the ball has already been swung. They move with the flight of the ball. They take proper angles. They fight through screens. They help the helper. And they rarely, most importantly, get beat one-on-one. They had very few mistakes on the defensive end last night against Gonzaga. And honestly, again, the Zags just struggled. Like, Drew Timmy had an okay game. You know, Corey Kispert struggled a lot. Joel Ayayi struggled a lot. Again, the only player that played really good for Gonzaga was Jalen Sucks. He was the only one. Everybody else looked like they were flustered, honestly, including Mark Few on the sideline. And really, you know, going into the game, I thought Gonzaga was gonna win, and I thought Andrew Nemhard was gonna be the key to what they were trying to do. I knew that Baylor had the better guards, but I thought Drew Timmy being better than Baylor's front court was going to cancel that out and get Gonzaga the win. But it completely turned out to be the opposite way. Like Flo Thamba and Mark Vidal dominated Gonzaga on the glass. And especially on the old boards, they were just killing them. Like, Baylor was dominant on the offensive glass. I think they had like 14 rebounds, offensive rebounds, that is. And literally, every single time that they got a second chance opportunity, it felt like they scored on every single possession. They came out the gate just scoring. It was one play where Mark Bottle got the rebound. Over his teammate on the offensive end, and Drew Timmy's I think it was Drew Timmy guarding him, and he has the ball in one hand, like he's putting it out there, palming it, and he's trying to find somebody to pass to. Macy OT cuts, he doesn't find the cut, and then Jared Butler made the cut, and then he gets open, and then he scores a layup. And it's just like the thing that I love about this Baylor team that makes them as good as they are, is what I always say is the most important skill that any basketball player could ever have and that's the ability to make tough shots and Baylor has five guys on their team that can all make tough shots from Jared Butler to Macy Oteague to Davion Mitchell to Adam Flagler and even Matthew Mayer all five of those guys have the ability to make tough shots and that's exactly what happened I think Jared Butler came out with two threes you know Davion Mitchell had a nasty crossover on Aaron Cook for a, a mid-range pull-up that hit nothing but net and they just looked like they wanted this game more than Gonzaga. And I know we say that all the time, but it really just looked like that. Like they were the aggressor for the entire 40 minutes of this game. And honestly, I was shocked because when the score was 29 to 10, the score was 29 to 10 with just under 10 minutes left in the first half. I told myself, like, this game is over. Gonzaga is not going to come back from this. It's just no way. The way that Baylor was playing, the defense that they were running, again, they forced 14 turnovers. I knew it was going to be ugly for Gonzaga. I was honestly shocked that the Zags were able to make this a 10-point deficit at halftime. I believe the halftime score was 47-37, and they were really just look flustered they look like they didn't even want to be there for the most part like I hate to say because Gonzaga had an excellent season they had one of the best seasons in program history they've had one of the best seasons any college basketball team could ever have but what Baylor did to them man was just different man you got to look at like this Baylor had eight steals compared to Gonzaga's four Baylor had five block shots compared to Gonzaga's three Baylor shot 10 of 23 from three which is 43 percent while Gonzaga shot five of 12, which is 29%. The Zags did not shoot the ball well whatsoever last night. I think Jalen Suggs had two threes. I think Corey Kisper had one early when he made the score like 11 to four. But outside of that, nobody was shooting the ball well. Like even Drew Timmy. And we all know when things got rough for Gonzaga this season, they put the ball in Drew Timmy's hands and they expect him to work out and get a bucket. That was not the case last night. I think Drew Timmy had 12 points. He played cool on the offensive end. But defensively, man, that was a game that Drew Timmy probably wants to forget rather soon because he was getting cooked, especially in the pick and rolls. Like, Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell were going right around him. Same thing with Macy Oteague. They were going right around Drew Timmy and getting to the cup. And Gonzaga just simply had zero answers for that. Like, the, the Bears guards, Baylor's guards are all physically bigger. They're stronger. And they're faster than every single guard for Gonzaga. Like, Jalen Suggs was the only guy that looked like he was composed, that looked like he was trying to will his team to get this W. Everybody else, man, it was just a bad night for Gonzaga. And I'm not going to discredit them. I'm not going to say they suck. I'm not going to say that Mark Fuse an overrated coach. Anything like that. Like, Baylor was just clearly the best team in college basketball this year, man. That's all it really comes down to. Scott Drew has done an excellent job with this group defensively, man. Um, I-, I can't rave enough. Again, I can't rave enough about him because they do so many good things. But offensively, too, like, he lets his players be great. Davion Mitchell had so many different isolation situations throughout the course of this tournament that it was fun. You know, they put Jared Baylor or excuse me, Jared Butler in pick and roll situations. They let Macy O'Teague get his shots off, whether that's set shots or off the dribble or off the you know, pinned down screens. They they um they let their best players be their best players. They run their offense through their best players. They don't really have a system on the offensive end as, you know, they do have a system on defense. But offensively, they just run it through whatever their personnel is. And I think that's a really good key to success. And I respect them so much for that. And then you got guys off the bench like Adam Flagler, Matthew Mayer. You know, they have so many different things. And it's just like... They're just they were just locked in, man. Like it was an ugly national championship game. It wasn't terrible. I just expected the game to be much closer than what it was. Again, it just felt like Jalen Suggs was the only guy on offense who can get anything to go for the Zags. Everybody else, man, just struggled. And I hate to say it because they had such a great season, but that's just what it came down to. That Baylor had more guys that can make tough shots. They have more guys that are better defensive players. And they rebound the hell out of the ball. Because they be they send three guys to crash the offensive glass if they they miss a shot. Usually, that's a a recipe for disaster for most teams. For 99% of teams in the country, country, that's a recipe for disaster. You know why? Because if you send three guys to try and get an offensive rebound, usually the other team is gonna get the defensive rebound and get an early advantage in transition for their offense, which is either gonna end up being like a four on two or a three on one or whatever the case may be, And usually that's what happens. But the way that Baylor rebounds between Flo Thamba, Mark Vidal, you know, Chomchua, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Everybody's such a physical rebound. Even Davion Mitchell is not afraid to get under the rim and get a rebound. And so it's just like when you have that combination of dogs, pure athletes, scorers, playmakers, it just results in what happened last night. Baylor got their first championship since I think like 1940. So really their first championship in program history, man. So congrats to them. They had an excellent season. They're going to produce multiple NBA players from this team. Um, and, and what they did was special. They finished off the year 28-2. And, and they just had it, man. Like, really, they just had it. Like, they, it was nothing that was going to stop them. The way that they curb-stomped Houston in the Final Four. And then, of course, they just drugged Gonzaga through the mud last night. Like, I honestly thought, like... Again, I thought Gonzaga was going to win, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think Baylor was just going to stomp on them, you know, put their foot on the gas from the first five minutes and then just not look back whatsoever. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, credit to them. You know, credit to Gonzaga. And with Gonzaga, man, like, I'm I'm tired of people saying that Mark Few is overrated, that Gonzaga is not a good program. Like, Mark Few is a Hall of Famer. Mark Few is an all-time great coach. I know he's missing that national championship, but I do think one day down the line, very soon, he is going to get that national championship. You know why? Because he's clearly running the right system. And I always say the thing that I love about Gonzaga is that they have an everybody eats type offense. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that the guards get to create. The perimeter players get to score. The post players, the big men, get to score just as well. So everybody gets to eat on their offense. And think about it. Gonzaga has been in two national championship games within the past four years. They were in there in 2017 versus North Carolina where they lost. And they were in it last night, of course, against Baylor where they lost. So Mark Few is clearly doing the right things to make Gonzaga a successful program. He's clearly doing the right things to get them deep into the tournament year in and year out. I think I've seen a stat where they've been in the Sweet 16 for the past six years. That's a huge honor. And I know people love to knock teams because they don't have a national championship, but that just goes to show that winning a national championship is hard. It is not an easy thing to do. That is a task. To win six games in a matter of three weeks is very, very tough, especially when you've got these quick turnarounds where you got to beat a team one night and you got to quickly forget about that win and focus on the next team and keep moving on and surviving and advancing. It's not easy. And that's why I want to give a lot of love to Baylor's program for everything that they've been through, you know, coming up short a couple different times. You know, they've had really good players from King McClure to Torian Prince. You know, they've had some really good players go through that program. Rico Gallers ended up being in the NFL. So, you know, I'm very happy for Scott Drew. Scott Drew is one of the most underrated and just one of the best coaches, period, in the game. And I got to give him his, his respect and credit for what he's built and still building at Baylor because it's special. Like Baylor, we all know, is a football school first. Any school in Texas, university, major university at that, is a football school first. From the Texas Longhorns, Texas Tech, you know, B, uh, excuse me, Baylor, TCU, whatever school in Texas, it is a football school first and foremost. But what Scott Drew has done with his Baylor Bears program is phenomenal and for them to get the win and to capture that national championship after everything that every single team has been through from coronavirus to testing daily to you know being in weird situations that you never thought you'd be in to being in a bubble in this tournament in indianapolis is special so you know going back to gonzaga though like i do think mark few is going to win a national championship very soon i think it's only a matter of time he's still an elite head coach he just has to get there you know what i'm saying like he's he's been to two national championships now and in the past couple of tournaments they've lost the big 12 team. and i think that's the thing with them is the conference i know a lot of people like to knock the wcc yes like let's be honest it's not as good as the major power five conferences that's a fact the thing is though is that you're not competing every single night some nights you know gonzaga is just easily the better team and they're gonna run away with the game you know it's a couple nights out of the year for gonzaga where they might be in a shootout like against byu in the wcc championship game in the tournament They were in a shootout. Like, BYU was shooting the lights off the rock, and Gonzaga was still able to win that game. You know, sometimes they'll have a game against, like, St. Mary's or, like, Pepperdine where it's close, but then Gonzaga pulls out. Um, Or even, like, LMU. You know what I'm saying? They'll have a close game with those type of teams and then pull it out. But when you're a Baylor, you got to think. Think about all the good teams that were in the Big 12 this season. It's so many good teams. Like You can make a case that the Big 12 was the best basketball conference in the country this year. I would probably take the Big 10 just slightly over the Big 12, but I could definitely understand your claim if you want to say the Big 12 was the best basketball conference because you had West Virginia, you had Oklahoma, you had Oklahoma State. It's so many good teams. Texas Tech was good this year for the most part. It was so many good teams, and you got to look at it like Baylor is getting tested every single night. In the Big 12, it's no nights off, literally. You got to come and bring your A game every single game. Or you're gonna lose like that's just the facts of the matter and it's only gonna get better too but you look at the WCC and that's just not the case for Gonzaga for the Gonzaga a majority of the season they're gonna be the puncher they're not gonna get punched they're gonna be the puncher every single time nine times out of ten they're gonna be the guy swinging they don't got to counter punch you know why because teams aren't that good or let me not even say they're not that good they're not on that elite level that Gonzaga is on in the WCC, and that's credit to what Mark Few has built with that program, but at the same time, you got to understand, if you were in the Big 10, the Big 12, the ACC, you'd be much more battle-tested and ready for the tournament. And again, though, they do have six straight Sweet 16s. They've been in the National Championship game twice in the past four years. That is a testament to what Mark Few has built at Gonzaga, but ultimately, It comes down to you need to be more battle-tested in the regular season if you want your teams to go all the way and win it all. And let's be honest, though. Baylor was the best team in the country this season. They were actually supposed to play Gonzaga, I believe, like around this time four months ago. That game was sadly canceled because Baylor had COVID-19 issues. That's when they went on their pause, and that game didn't happen. It was supposed to get postponed. And, of course, it happened last night in the National Championship game. But, you know, Jalen Suggs, man, he had a phenomenal rookie, or excuse me, freshman year. He's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft this upcoming summer. He's a special talent. He gave Gonzaga everything he had. I was hurt watching him cry last night because, of course, he had that big-time game winner. That's going to be one of the greatest shots in Gonzaga men's basketball history, beating UCLA. And just what he did this entire season, you know, Drew Timmy is a special guy. I think he's a real special post player in college basketball. Corey Kisper is one of the best shooters Gonzaga's ever had. And just the talent that they had overall, they were so deep between Joel Agai, Andrew Nemhard was almost the SEC player of the year last year had it not been for Emmanuel Quickly at Kentucky. So, you know, they had a lot of talent, but man, this Baylor team, man, they, they just had it. Again, multiple tough shot makers, the defense, the coaching, the discipline, the mental toughness. There was no real flaws to this team. The only real flaw that you maybe could point out that they didn't have a real true big man to throw it into in the post, but that doesn't matter because I always say, and you guys have heard this before on my podcast if you've been a listener for a long time now, is that guard play is the most important thing in March Madness. Every single Final Four team for the past 10 years has had elite guard play. You look at Michigan in 2013, I believe it was. They had Trey Burke. You look at Michigan State in 2019, they had Cassius Winston. You look at Virginia in 2019 when they won it all. They had Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome. You look at any team, Villanova's teams. You had Ryan Archer Diacono. You had Jalen Brunson. You need that guard play. You look at Louisville. They have Peyton Siva. It's just guard play is the most important thing that you can ever have. And Baylor had two elite guards that can go and get a bucket from whenever, wherever, and however in Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell, man. So congrats to them. It was a hell of a season. It's been a hell of a ride. A lot of people didn't even think we would make it to this point. A lot of people didn't think, you know, having a college basketball season would be safe for the players. You know, me myself too, I I questioned it. I'm not going to lie because, you know, COVID was really getting out of hand and it was scary for a very long time for a lot of people out there. So I questioned it. Like, is this really the right thing to do at this point in time? But I'm glad... You know, even though I'm not a big fan of the NCAA, I'm glad they were able to pull this off. You know, pretty much the tournament went flawless outside of the VCU-Oregon game. Of course, VCU had some contract tracing problems, and I think they had a positive COVID test, and they had to leave and get out of the tournament. But aside from that, man, like, it was a successful season, man. Even though, you know, some teams that played really bad between my Spartans and Michigan State, you know, Kentucky, you know, Memphis didn't play good. Um, But aside from that, again, man, Successful season. I cannot wait to do it again in November. It was fun while it lasted. Congrats to Baylor. I cannot again. I cannot wait for next season because it's gonna be fun. There's so many transfers out there. So many different coaching hires from Porter Moser to Oklahoma, Shaka Smart to Marquette. You know Chris Beard to Texas. You know Mike Woodson to Indiana. You know Hubert Davis is now the head coach of North Carolina, which is crazy. We're gonna talk about that as this week goes by, man. But college basketball is fun college basketball is only going to continue to grow. I'm hoping that the NCAA is willing to accept the growth, you know, by accepting things like name, image, and likeness. Um, But man, again, great season. I, I loved all the freshmen that came in and made it exciting from Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, Kay Cunningham. It was fun. You know, James Booknight's a sophomore, but he had a great career at UConn. Um, and I think it's only going to get better, man. Again, all these transfers, it's going to be so many different talented players at all these different schools. And I think Baylor and Gonzaga are still going to be top teams in the country next year. I think Gonzaga's probably going to end up being the, the number one ranked team in the country because they already got Hunter Salas, who's one of the best guards in the country in the class of 2021. He's from Omaha, Nebraska. And it's a really good possibility that the Zachs end up getting Chet Holmgren as well. And for Baylor, like I said, they're going to produce multiple NBA players. I think Davion Mitchell is going to be a top 20 pick. And and he's a guy because I've been saying that nobody raised their draft stock in the NCAA tournament like Johnny Juzang of UCLA. But Davion Mitchell's really close. And it's actually crazy because when this season first started, I think we all knew that Jared Butler was gonna be the best player for this Baylor Bears team. And he was, and he was definitely a first team All-American. He earned that, he's like that. But throughout the course of this NCAA tournament, I think it clearly showed us that Davion Mitchell is the best player on this team or was the best player on this team because his burst, his handle, his defense like last night if you watch him, he didn't even get hit by screens like that. Like he's so fast, he's so strong, he's so quick. You can tell he watches film that he was just getting over screens and not getting hit by them at all, man. So congrats to, again, congrats to Baylor, congrats on this season. Congrats to everybody that participated. Thank you to the players, the managers, the coaches, everybody that sacrificed um everything to get this season to happen. And for it to work out the way that it did. I know it was a lot of games that we missed because of COVID being, you know, very rapid and canceling these games, but it was fun, man. It was a really good season. Can you know, shout out to everybody that's in the media that I enjoy from Fran Fashilla, um, even you know, Seth Greenberg. I like a lot of people in the college basketball game, Jay Billis. You know, it's so many different people. Dick Vitale, I think, is a legend who isn't appreciated enough. You know, Gus Johnson, Bill Raffrey, Jim Nance, Grant Hill. Shout out to all you guys, man. Tracy Wolfson, the list goes on, but it was a great year. Baylor comes out on top. The championship is now in Waco, Texas. I cannot wait, you know, as a members of the Big 12. Next season is going to be fun, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys if you made this far, man. Shout out to Nuts and both Sports. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. Shout out to them, man. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us, go like our stuff, go retweet our stuff for all your sports news and needs. I promise you, Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you guys. I am also a podcast hoster, a part of Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network, Sports Podcast Network, that is. Please go check us out for all your great sports podcasts. I promise you, Nuts and both Sports has them all for you guys, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. As always, you guys stay safe, peace, and love. Gone.